And welcome on in to the latest edition of the Blue Horseshoe Podcast. Ryan Hickey, George Bremer here with you. I am live from New York City. George is live from the Convention Center in Indianapolis at the Scouting Combine yet again as we are recording on Thursday afternoon. And Georgia, wrapping up here, we had Chris Ballard and Shane Sykin both talk to the media, both talk to the indie press specifically on Wednesday, and a lot, a lot to dive into. We heard quarterback traits, what Shane Sykin likes in a quarterback, what Chris Ballard likes in a quarterback, any sort of hints of which quarterback maybe they're leaning towards. We'll discuss what they said and you know, what, what could it actually mean? Also, too, as you are well aware, every Colts fan is well aware, the number one pick for the Bears is up for sale. We talked about it on the last pod. In case you missed it, check us out on the Blue Horseshoe Pod YouTube page or wherever you do get your podcasts. Look us up, the Blue Horseshoe Pod. Our pod's a little different, so make sure you look for the blue logo. That is where our brand new podcast feed is, wherever you get your podcast, Blue Horseshoe Pod with the blue logo. That's where you can find our last episode where we did kind of talk about the Colts having to trade up to number one, not being outbid, but we did hear Chris Ballard, especially specifically, talk about his mindset into trading up. So let's start there, George, because that's obviously, before we talk about which quarterbacks the Colts like and what traits they like, in order for them to get the quarterback they want, you have to be at number one. We talked about that a lot, and Chris Ballard was asked about that a, a lot on Wednesday, his philosophy of trading on up. And after hearing kind of him talk, you have a theory that you don't think the Colts are going to trade up to the number one. They will sit either at number four or number three, but they won't be drafting number one. Why is that? Yeah, well, I'll tell you, I've been going back and forth on it, too. I mean, we were talking about this a little bit uh, off the air, even, you know, I think it's such a weird year. I think there's a lot of paralysis by analysis right now. <laughs> uh, and I feel like I, when I left the building last night, I felt like it was on a table. I felt like, you know, my first that they'll say it for on the way out on the that, table that they're on. For, okay. That it was on a table that they will go up. That oh, okay. just because of what, just because of some of the things that he'd said about, you know, once they have the meeting, they haven't had sat down with the coaches and gotten them involved yet. Once they have that meeting, if there's a guy there that they feel like they really want, they'll go up and get him. Uh, and so at that time I've seen that now, paralysis by analysis you get into this afternoon i'm kind of talking myself back the other way uh because of other things that he said but the big one for me that was really sticking out the very last thing he told us on the way out the door was that he said we're going to get the best player in the draft and somebody said why and he said because we're at four and i really like where we're at number four to me that means one of two things one maybe they're trading up you know you're going to get the best player in the draft because you're going up to number one uh, but he already said that that wasn't on the cards right now that's something that, that they're going to talk about later uh the other thing though is that he he just seemed very confident uh and, and it makes me feel like there's a guy he really likes net maybe that he feels like is going to be there at four uh and to me that points to one of two guys either stroud or richardson uh just because they're guys that you could you could make a case would would more likely be there at four um, but I don't know. And, and again, I think that's what makes this such an intriguing thing. I know everybody listening right now, um, you know, some of them are probably really happy with this. Some of them would be very upset with this idea, but I think they've all got their own opinions too. And I think that's what makes this off season. So, uh, intriguing is that there's just so much out there. And I think you could pick through that press conference that he did yesterday. The one that Shane Steichen did yesterday. I can find a quote to support all four guys in some way or another, if I want to. Uh, and I think that's what makes it. I think it's going to be fascinating these next six weeks. It's funny because like I said, paralysis by analysis, there's so much information there. We finally, again, heard Chris Ballard speak. And now, especially since it's, you know, we kind of heard him finally talk about specifically the number one overall pick and kind of what he likes now that we're kind of into draft season. So it's funny. You took it one way of 
ah, actually, maybe they will stay at four. And you kind of feel maybe more towards that than we ever have before in, let's say, the last month or so, or even really two months, really, since the Texans won week 18 and cost themselves the number one overall pick. It's funny. I listened to that. I actually felt more confident that they're going up to number one for a few reasons. Number one, let me throw this by you here, this theory. Who is the going to be the more driving force for the Colts trading up to number one? Is it going to be Chris Ballard or Shane Steichen? Because I think for me, it's going to be Shane Steichen. Because the one thing Chris Ballard said, and that what made me kind of think that is, he was asked basically, what would it take for you to trade up to number one? And he said, conviction. Basically, no doubt that that's the guy. And for me, I get Chris Ballard has done this, you know, scouting-wise a lot longer than, than Shane Sykin in terms of looking at this specific class because Ballard obviously does it every year. Shane Sykin was just in the Super Bowl two weeks ago and didn't know he was going to be the head, uh, Colts head coach until recently. So it's like he was watching Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud this past season. He was worried about game planning for the Eagles. So I feel like for me right now, Chris Ballard can say, yeah, you know, we'll kind of, we feel comfortable at four because we'll get the best player. I like where we are at four. But Chris Ballard has shown you so far in his tenure in the Colts he is willing to defer to what the head coach has done, right? Many times he has, you know, kind of given the players, whether it's Paris Campbell that Frank Reich liked, whether it's approving and going after Carson Wentz to kind of pair him with Frank Reich. Chris Bowd has shown a consistency that he will do what the head coach wants and build a team in the eye of the head coach. So I think if we're sitting here now, this is no guarantee, but I think at the end of the day, we will see Shane Second identify one quarterback, whether it's Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, it could be Anthony Richardson or Will Levis, right? That's the one question. Obviously, we'll find out what um, Steichen likes. But I think if he does identify one quarterback, it says, Chris, this is the guy. This is the guy I think we can win with the most. This is the guy I think is the best fit for offense. The other three guys have all of a positive traits, but this is the guy I think has separated himself from the group. This is my guy. I think Chris Ballard then will say, you know what? Fine, that's the guy we need. I'll go up to number one here. That's, to me, one of the reasons why I do think that in the end, at the end of the day, it's going to be more Shane Steichen driving the bus for them trading up compared to Chris Bauer, the GM. I'm curious your thoughts. Like, how, how do you view that? You know, the the power dynamic, if you will. Like, who's going to be more influential? I guess we'll call it in the Colts possibly trading up or staying at four. No, I think that's a really good thought process uh, there, and it's one that I agree with in a lot of ways. Um, and I think Jim Irsay factors into this too. I mean, I think it's going to be a three man decision when, <laughs> when you're talking about. Uh, the quarterback and how important that is. I think you're going to have the owner in that uh, conversation very heavily as well. Uh, so I think that'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But I think you're you're absolutely right with what you're talking about with Steichen. He was getting ready for the Super Bowl. He had Jalen Hurts. There's no way he spent any time this season, you know, really digging into these quarterbacks. He had no reason to. Uh, I'm sure their plan all along was to do it around this time of year and and get started because you're going to even when you have hurts, you're still going to look at this quarterback class just in case you never know what's going to happen. Um, what if they hadn't looked at Jalen Hurts you know, a couple of years ago? Right. And hadn't considered it. So there's no doubt that they would have gotten into it eventually. But I, I do think that he's just starting on the process. And, you know, Ballard said that very plainly, that, that a big part of this evaluation is the coaches. And that they haven't gotten involved yet. You know, for one thing, they haven't finalized the coaching staff yet. It's tough to really go in and have meetings about the draft to, to finalize things before that happens. Um, and I think that there's no doubt between the two of them, Psycho will be the one that's going to change this thinking the most right now. Because if he comes in, like you said, and 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 he has a real strong feeling towards one of these guys, uh, that's going to carry a lot of weight with Chris Bowler. There's no question about that. Uh, we've seen it time and time again. Going back to Philip Rivers. You know, when they signed him, that that was a yeah. lot of the background with Frank Reich and, and trying to make that happen. And just his general philosophy. I mean, I think anybody who's listened to him, you know, more than one offseason has heard him talk about tying the scouts in with the coaches. They they have. I'm sure they're going to do that at some point soon. 
they basically have classes uh, where they get the coaches and the scouts together and the coaches are more or less teaching the scouts what they want at every position, hmm. you know? So the defense coaches are going to go in there and say, you know, the Mike linebacker, this is what he needs to do. And I need this, this, and this from him. And the scouts, you know, will will look at that based on that. Now, obviously that's not going to play a big role in this year's draft uh, because they're not defensively. It will, because they know those guys, but on the offensive side, there's not enough time, you know, for them to suddenly switch what they've been doing all fall and, and into the early part of the winter and and now go, but they will pick guys that, that fit that among the guys that they've graded. But you're not going to change your whole board. You're not going to have a board full of prospects to fit this offense. Now, you know, you're just going to pick from those guys who fits the best quarterback though, is the one that I think there is time to blow it up uh, because it's such an important position that you just say, okay, even if you were leaning towards Will Levis, I'm just throwing a name out. You know, that's your guy all through the winter, all through up to this date. You get in that room with Shane Sykin and Jim Bob Cooter and Cam Turner, and they say, no, you know, the way we coach this and, and, and what we're looking for, it's Bryce Young. You do blow that up, I think. It, it, there is time to do that. The, the, the position kind of demands it. So I definitely think the coaches are going to drive this. And I think Jim Irsay is more likely to get excited if the head coach is excited in this situation. You know, if, if Steichen is coming to him and saying, it may have already happened, you know, that we know he fell in love with Shane on a Friday night in that <laughs> interview. Uh, you know, it, it's possible there that Steichen had an idea for one of these guys. Um, and they're just going to hammer it out. But I definitely, and that's what I mean when I say paralysis by analysis, you can come up with probably about 40 scenarios right now. And I would say that makes sense. That could happen. Especially when there's no clear cut number one quarterback. You're right. It, it's, this is going to be a, a very dizzying, let's say next too much for sure. But I'm glad you brought up Jim Mercer. So one of the reasons why I think I, I get feel more empowered that the Colts are going to go to number one is because I think it's more going to be Shane Steichen driving the bus, if you will, to trade up because he identifies the guy that this is the guy out of the four. I think it's the best fit for our team. We've seen Chris Ballard again, acquiesce what the head coach wants. That's number one. Number two, I'm glad you brought up Jim Mercer. I think for Chris Ballard, after the introductory press conference, we had Jim Mercer, whether he was telling the truth or not. Again, I don't think Jim Mercer is a big card player, poker player. So I don't think he was trying to deceive the Texans and thinking, oh, we love Bryce Young and fake them into trading up to number one when in reality they love C.J. Stroud or Anthony Richardson and, and kind of pull the old okey-doke and force the Texans to trade up and give up assets for a quarterback they never had interest in. I think Jim Mercer was genuinely excited that, oh, I like Bryce Young from what I've seen so far. That's my guy. And I think a lot of what Wednesday with Chris Bauer was trying to do was backpedal from those comments from, from Jim Mercer for two reasons. Number one, I think to lower the uh, lower the price on the Bears. Because again, if you're the Bears, you think, oh, the Colts are desperate. They love Bryce Young. They're going to trade up to number one and we could basically ask for any price we want. I think part of Chris Bauer now is trying to pour cold water on is to try to show the Bears you know, there's some quarterbacks we like, you know, right now. And Chris Bauer said it, we have no conviction. Like there's not one guy I look at that is worth trading up to number one. I think that's just PR to try to, again, lower and send a message to the bears, maybe lower the asking price on a trade from two first round picks to maybe one in a second, or, you know, maybe get one player to the draft or out of the trade, whatever it is. I think Chris Ballard is actively trying to lower the price, but also too, I think he's also trying to, show the Texans or maybe not give his cards away to Texans because we don't know right now what Houston wants, right? They really, at pick number two, they can stay there. If they like equally Bryce Young and CJ Shroud, they don't have to move. And they can say, we talked about that on, uh, on the podcast earlier this week. They, if they like both quarterbacks, they'll probably sit there number two and take whatever one the Colts or someone else trades up for, they don't take. But what if the Texans do like Bryce Young? What if they love Bryce Young? 
And now, if you are the Colts and all you're talking about is, oh, we love Bryce, and you're dropping hints, and Jim Mercer saying this, and Chris Bowles lives. Yeah, you know, there's one quarterback we really do love right now, and you can kind of put two and two together. It's Bryce Young. That only motivates the Texans to either up their offer or be more active in trading up to number one compared to maybe what they are now. So I think you're, if you're Chris Bowden, I think the whole point of Wednesday was to, again, try to lower the price of what the Bears are asking for in a trade, but also maybe lull, if you will, the Texans into a little bit of complacency of we don't have to be as gung-ho to trade up to number one because the Colts on the surface, seemingly are not in love with any of the four quarterbacks and seemingly are content at four compared to them loving number one. You can kind of put the pieces together. If that's the same quarterback you love with the Texans, then obviously they'll be inclined to trade up to number one. So that's, to me at least, two of the reasons why I think Chris Ballard tried his hardest and tried as much as he could to kind of seem as disinterested uh, in trading up to number one and, and seeming like he's not in love with any quarterback right now. Yeah, you know, and, and it may just be true. I mean, that's another part of it too that's because the process also is true. so... The process is so new, you know, I think that's uh, we're still very early in this, considering that Shane Sykin's only been here for two weeks, you know, that they, they may not be doesn't mean they're not leaning in a certain direction doesn't mean there isn't a front runner in the clubhouse, um, but they may not be sold yet on anybody to the extent that they want to go all the way up to number one. I think that's that's the way the best bluffs are built, right? If you are going to throw a smoke screen, you are going to bluff in, in, to any degree basing it in truth. It helps it because you know it, it's more believable. I mean, if you're saying something that you truly believe in that moment, even if you know chances are it's going to change, it, you have a better chance of somebody else believing it as well. And I think that's that's a big factor here. Uh, another big factor with this, though, you know, there's a lot of buzz, a lot of smoke. I've talked to you about this, um, you know, a little bit earlier that D'Amico Ryan's very interested in Bryce Young. There's an Alabama tie there, you know, oh, D'Amico's an Alabama guy. Uh, you know, but that could be both ways too. Is that smokescreen on Houston side, you know, to try to get the Colts to go up and get him? Um, I don't know, but there's a lot of talk about that. That the, the Texans really like him. And I'll tell you what, I came away from D'Amico Ryan's availability yesterday with a with an idea that I had not had before. Uh, I kind of forgot that he was there in San Francisco when Jimmy G arrived. That and he saw the way Garoppolo changed the entire trajectory of that franchise, especially that season. So could they be a team? And he said, point blank, they want to sign a guy and they want to draft a guy. That's, you know, they've only really got Davis Mills on the roster. They want to bring in two quarterbacks, one in free agency, one in the draft. Could they be a team that brings in Jimmy Garoppolo? You know, he's got ties to the to the GM as well and Nick Casario, and then goes after like an Anthony Richardson, either at two or take like Will Anderson at two and try to trade back up with all that capital you got from Cleveland used the number 12 pick to get back up and, and go after a guy like Anthony Richardson who could maybe grow behind him. I hadn't really considered that before, but it's on the table. And that's why, again, hmm. you can make so many scenarios out there. You know, Houston really does love Bryce Young. Look at D'Amico. Look at the Alabama connection. Houston wants the Colts to think they love Bryce Young to get them up. It, it, there are so many uh, you know, possible combinations out there and so many things that just make sense that you can make a case for it. That's why I'm getting sort of paralysis by analysis. Uh, but, you know, also, I think the most intriguing thing about this draft is the fact that you've got the Texans and the Colts two picks away from each other, uh, both in need of a quarterback, both in the same division. I think that what was already an intriguing situation because you've got four guys and it's hard to separate them and there's no consensus number one there's all you can make a case for all four of these guys you can make a case against all four of these guys then you throw in the division rivalry 
And it's just, and the fact that the number one pick is for sale, it's, it's like a movie script. That's fascinating. I did not think about that connection with Jimmy G and D'Amico Ryan's kind of going back to when they made the initial trade. I think it was 2017, if I'm not mistaken, um, right at the trade deadline when he came in and kind of, like I said, won the last five games and kind of took a losing team in the 49ers and obviously turned them around to now where they are one of the best teams in the NFL. That's actually a really interesting point because you said they have two and 12. So if you really wanted to sign Jimmy G, take the best defensive player at that time, whether it's Will Anderson Jr., whether it's Jalen Carter, and who knows with his draft stock now after his two arrest warrants and he's officially booked um, for a misdemeanor. So that's obviously going to be another storyline to watch these next two months as well. But that's interesting because the Texans, similar to the Bears, do need a lot of help everywhere. You know, do need a lot of help, especially on defense as well. So they are not in the position you would think to where, you know, maybe they don't want to give up future assets because they need so much help. So maybe they say, you know what, we'll sign Jimmy G. He'll be our starter in 2023. And like I said, at 12, we'll use that to either sit there if Anthony Richardson's stock starts to plummet or Will Levis' stock starts to plummet or trade up to, I don't know, five, six with the Lions, maybe seven with the Raiders and see what you can do to get an Anthony Richardson type of guy. Uh, Listen, selfishly, I hope that's the plan. Because obviously that just frees up Bryce Young. Now I'm very, like I said, nervous that if D'Amico Ryans does love Bryce Young, the Texans as an organization seem like with the D'Amico Ryans hire, he's kind of their savior. It's kind of at least on the outside how I feel. So if D'Amico Ryans likes Bryce Young and that's his guy, I think the Texans and Nick Casario will do whatever it takes to get Bryce Young, whether it is trading up to number one, whether it is, you know, sitting there too. But if Bryce is the guy, I have really no doubts the Texans will try to do whatever they can to make sure that they get him. Because like you said, it's not just, oh, you missed Adam. Okay, that's swing and a miss. Damn, we wish you had him. But if you miss swing and miss and it's the Colts that get him, well, now you're seeing him twice in your division every single year for the next decade. So it's like one of those things where it's almost a double whammy of, and same thing with the Colts, it works vice versa. If Bryce Young is your guy, if you are Shane Steichen, and Chris Bowett says, yeah, I like him. I don't love him. I don't want to give up. You know, the asking price high. I'm not going to give up all that capital move up. We're going to sit here at four. We'll take CJ Stroud or Anthony Richardson or Will Levis, whoever they take. Again, you swing and miss and you are wrong and you are wrong. Not only do you miss out on a great quarterback, but you also now have to see what the Texans get him twice a year, every year. So just, again, heightens the importance and just adds to the intrigue and drama that is going to be surrounding these two teams specifically the next two months. And like I said, it's a lot of smoke screens. We can maybe my read of Chris Boward's uh, press conference is totally wrong. Maybe your read of Chris Boward's press conference is totally wrong. With D'Amico Ryan's, like I said, maybe he loves Bryce Young to get the Colts to move up and kind of flush some of their future assets down the drain when they, in fact, like CJ Stroud or Anthony Richardson, whatever. Like it's one of those things where we talked about on Tuesday's pod. It's a lot of lying this next two months, it's a lot of deception. Every single story you hear, you got to think of not only what the story's about, but who's it coming from, who does it benefit. That's really. The biggest thing I can say in the next two months is who is a story, you know, where is it coming from? Who does it benefit? Whether it's a character assassination on a certain quarterback, whether it's a puffing up of a certain quarterback, why is this story out there? Who could it come from and who does it benefit? That's really any kind of story you have to hear now in the next two months. That's where you have to really think about it from that angle to kind of make sure that, again, you know, we try to get as much truth here, if there's any truth at this point out there. But at least we heard Shane Sykin, we heard Chris Ballard, we heard, like I said, you know, um, we heard Tamika Ryan's well talk. So everyone's been talking the last two days. A lot is in the air, George. Also interesting. Maybe, again, this is lying. Maybe this is also truth. But I thought it was very interesting the quarterback traits that both Chris Ballard and Shane Sykin were asked about. And they kind of talked about it to highlight in case you missed it. When it comes to at least Chris Ballard, 
the traits he looks for in a quarterback. He said, fast mind, accurate, makes plays uh, when the game is on the line, can navigate the pocket really well. Shane Sykin kind of echoed a lot of those similar um, traits as well. When he was asked about it, he said accuracy. He specifically said, you know, on a third and eight, when it's one of those gotta have it plays, fourth quarter, third and eight, either ice the game or continue a, a drive to take the lead or tie the game, you gotta deliver. You gotta be able to make that third and eight throw, uh, have the it factor. And both, interestingly, actually, let's just start there before we get into the size, because that's a, obviously a whole dis- different discussion. You hear kind of basically similar traits that the way Chris Ballard views a quarterback, the way Shane Sykin views a quarterback, accuracy, fast mind, navigates the pocket, and kind of has that it factor, if you will. What do you make about those traits from uh, how the GM and the head coach view these potential quarterback prospects? Yeah, uh, playmaking, you know, that was a big part of it. I think one of the other big things that, that Chris Ballard said early on was, you know, winning. You know, he looks at he wants a quarterback that wins games. Um, uh, kind of a crazy thing to want for a quarterback, <laughs> but hey, you know, that, 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 that's where he's going with that. Um, but hot no, take. it's yeah, hot take from from the GM there. Um, I, that's what I mean. I, when I looked at it, and you listen to all the things that that they talk about when they talk about accuracy, the first guy that comes in my mind is CJ Shroud. You know, he's incredibly accurate. When they talk about it factor, that could mean Will Levis. I mean, if you talk to people. Uh, at Kentucky, he's almost a cult hero on that campus. They, they really, uh, that team got behind him in a major, major way. Leadership, I think, is one of his biggest selling points in this. When you talk about creativity, playmaking, and you know toughness, Bryce Young comes to mind almost immediately because he's that guy. You know, he's going to go out there and he's going to find a way, even if it's not. I had heard a story that he brought game plans in himself. You know, the coaches did game plans. He brought game plans in himself into these Alabama meetings. Um, you know, th- th- it's next level stuff from him. Quick mind. That's him. And it's CJ Stroud. You know, the quick processing, the the, the quick thinking. The, that's what you hear about those two right away. And then, you know, Shane Steichen talked a lot about being on the cutting edge. Being, you know, being able to see what the guy's going to be in the future and the future of the game. And that's probably Anthony Richardson. So I feel like you can just you can make a case for any one of these guys. And I think that's what's so compelling. I think Bryce Young ch- checks the most of those boxes. Uh, you know, if you're going to put them all on a list and and do one of those charts and we've got every, you know, everybody's quarterback's names on the top and down the side, we've got all the traits they're looking for. I think you to have the next the most check marks under Bryce Young. Uh, but I think you'd see them for for every one of the players, you know, having a couple in there. And I, again, it just adds to how fascinating this process is. And obviously, like we talked, and, and Shane Second too, in his opening press conference, uh, mentioned that kind of it was accuracy, decision making, and playmaking is kind of the three traits he looks for. So again, a lot of that was echoed on Wednesday and thing with Chris Ballard. The one thing that kind of stuck out to me that though was really interesting that again. You tell me, I, I I am trying to look at this objective. Like I, I'll be honest, I don't want to have a Bryce Young bias. I'm not trying to look at this with Bryce Young colored glasses. I'm trying to look at it uh, objectively. So you tell me if I'm being biased here. But one thing I heard, both both Ballard and Sykin said that, again, really kind of had me thinking, okay, they're not saying it, and I hope they don't say it. But I think deep in their mind, they think Bryce Young is their number one quarterback, and I think that's going to be the guy they end up, you know, kind of having on their big board number one. So they talk both about playing fast, reading defenses, talking about, you know, being able to pre-snap, post-snap, make decisions fast. And I'm glad you brought up that, that story on Bryce Young, where I think it was on Sundays, I believe, and I was saying, so literally the day after the game, he would come in already with a scouting report uh, on the next opponent, talking about checks at the line. How can we protect this better? What kind of plays can we run for this opponent the next day in college? You rarely see that from quarterbacks. 
And I just feel like to me, when you talk about processing, I think it's also a very important factor that we don't really talk about a lot because you can't measure that, right? You, you, you can't put them on a scale. You can't look at them on a field and look at his arm strength and see how far he can throw the ball and how accurate he is. When you talk about just processing information, how can, when you get the ball post-snap, especially in the NFL, that's the biggest difference with college and the NFL is disguises and post-snap where the defense is actually going to come from blitzing-wise or coverage-wise. I feel like you have, like, that's one of the areas that is very important, especially for a rookie quarterback. And that is so many, when a lot of guys struggle early on, that's really the biggest area they, that is the, the problem area, right? And they talk about the game so much faster. That's basically code for, I got to figure out faster what the defense is going and where to go with the ball. And we talked about Bryson being a point guard. You watch him in Alabama, whatever kind of film you watch. That to me is what stands out head and shoulders above everything else is his ability to process information and make decisions quickly. CJ Stroud is very gifted and talented. The one thing though, for me, and it kind of goes a little bit hand in hand with playmaking is that he would get confused and not really know where to go with the ball, roll out and still not be able to kind of find that open guy. Even with all the talent Ohio State had, that was to me one of his areas where he kind of struggled the most was reading a defense and knowing where to go with the ball. If he got confused or his first reader wasn't open outside of the Georgia game, which of course in the biggest game of his career, he he does all that masterfully. But that was kind of creating plays when the play breaks down or creating plays when your first or second read is not there. That to me, again, is something that Bryce Young was able to do tremendously out of uh, Alabama in the last two years was get that information processed. And again, when you hear Chris Ballard and Shane Sykin kind of talk about that, I think it's super important. I'm really glad that's one of their top traits because again, how you kind of hit the road, uh, hit the ground running, I should say, is by having a quarterback that understands defenses, is able to make decisions. And sure, maybe accuracy is not the best, or maybe, you know, again, maybe you don't have just the players around them to run your offense, but at least if they know where they're going with the ball, then everything else to me seems easy. And you, and you can fix playmakers, you can fix protections, you can, you know, scheme up even, you know, better plays and more creative uh, plays once they understand kind of the basics. And that to me is, again, something that, that, is a box that Bryce Young checks definitely better than all the other quarterbacks right now we're talking about. Yeah. You know, and I've also heard some guys say that, you know, when you look at this Philadelphia offense that they built around uh, Jalen hurts, a lot of that, they, they borrowed a lot of things from Alabama that there were a lot of things in that offense uh, that Bryce Young was running that Jalen Hurts was running, you know, at the NFL level. Now, there's a lot of things they're not too. You're not going to do the the push sneak with with Bryce Young. Yeah, I don't you're think so. Get him murdered. <laughs> you know, um, they have to resign Jacoby Brissett for that, right? Just for that, right? Just for that moment. Um, you know, and, and it, you're not going to run him nearly as much as as Hurts ran, and that's not if you want him to play very long in this league. That that's pretty clear. But a lot of the passing concept in, in particular. Uh, were similar to what Bryce Young's running at Alabama. So um, it's another thing that, that you just throw into that that long pile of information and go, okay, you know, that that's interesting. That that makes sense. Um, I Like I said before, I think if, if you're just going to line them up and say who checks the most boxes, who best fits the profile of, of the guy that they're talking about, I think it's Young and Stroud. I think they're the two that kind of stand out when, when they're talking about accuracy decision making they're the two that that sort of uh hit the most of those boxes with with young hitting the very most um there's been a lot of talk the last week or so about ohio state's offense and in about it being i don't know i'm looking for the right word too regimented maybe uh too much is dictated to the quarterback um and and so it's hard to to know some of the things um that some of the questions that are there about Stroud were there about Justin Fields too. 
Uh, and I think some of that is born of the way that, that the offense is being taught and the way that the offense is being run uh, just from different talks, you know, this week down here. Um, and it, it's just another thing that makes it hard to evaluate those kind of things. You know, if, if you're basically being told this is where the ball goes on this play and you're not being told to make that decision, that could account for some of that indecision that you saw from CJ Stroud and from Justin Fields, but also it's going to be there at the next level as well, because you're going to have to develop that. It's going to take time. And I think it's one of the things that, that Chris Bauer said yesterday, all these quarterbacks need development, all of them, Yes, you know? Um, and I think that's part of the process here. You know, it, it's going to be that way with all these guys. Um, I don't think there's any of them that are a slam dunk week one starter. I think some of them are much more likely to to earn that spot than others. Uh, it's hard to imagine Levis or Richardson being the starter on week one, for instance. I think they, they've got more work to do. Um, but it's that's why, again, we could go through this and we will for six weeks, you can make a case for and against all four of these guys. And it's, it's going to be one of the most fascinating drafts as far as quarterbacks go. I think a long time, not just to find out how they shake out, which is obviously the first thing we're going to know, you know, where they go and, and when they go, but you know, two, three years down the line, who stands out from this group, I think is going to be really fascinating to watch. And to add to uh, the mystery, we'll say George, uh, Chris Ballard, again, yesterday during his media availability, was, of course, asked about measurables, right? Because that's been the, the big thing, Chris Ballard. He's had a history of going by and measurables. He wants, you know, he's he's a traits guy. He's someone who wants a strong arm, big, strong quarterback, especially at that position. He has been known to kind of stick to the, the bigger size quarterbacks. And obviously, three of those quarterbacks fit the bill. The one that does not is Bryce Young. I thought it was very interesting. My, my ears did go up and kind of perk up a little bit. When you had Chris Ballard on Wednesday say that quarterbacks come in all different shapes and sizes and was then asked a follow-up question. He said he still wants to stick by the measurables, but then also admitted in the same sentence, there are exceptions. It sounds like slowly Chris Ballard is opening the door uh, and is basically not ruling out Bryce Young right away because of his height and weight. Now we'll get his height and weight officially on Saturday. We'll guess his height and weight here in a, in a little bit. It's kind of a little fun exercise. But even though we will get the, we don't know these right now, the, the exact numbers he's going to weigh in and what his size is going to be. We know it's going to be small, definitely smaller than the other three quarterbacks. But Chris Ballard, again, is, is opening the door, or at least on the surface, is more open to changing his approach for a Bryce Young quarterback than maybe he was in the past. And I think that's part of why, you know, my takeaway right now being that I don't think they're going to trade up in the moment that can change. And I think you're going to hear me change a lot as this process goes on is because I think I think they're open to everything right now and I think they should be and I the way that I when you listen to Steichen and you listen to, to Ballard and like I said you could make a case for all four guys if you want to cherry pick quotes here and there you can make a case for all four guys but I think all that is telling us is that they are open to all four guys right now that they are seriously digging into this they are considering all their options and they haven't ruled anybody out and I think that's the way you've got to go into it you can't go into it saying you know, Young's too small, and we're not even going to look at him. Richardson is too raw, and we're not even going to look at him. Levis turned the ball over too much, we're not even going to look at him. Stroud, you know, it was in too simplified of an offense or too regimented an offense or whatever, we're not going to look at him. I don't think you can do that. Um, and, and it's good to see that they're not. I think that's the one takeaway that I feel really solid in, that they're not ruling anybody out 
based on whatever the war is that that they're carrying with them into this this process. Um, and I think the other thing that Ballard said pretty pretty plainly, and and I believe that he was being you know upfront with it. If this process plays out, and they determine one of these guys is at the top of the list and is worth going up and and giving up you know the assets it's going to take to do it, then then they'll make that move. I still think if they do it, Bryce Young's most likely to be that guy. It's harder to imagine them making that move for one of the other three. I would agree with that. Right. I think if they trade up, that would, for me, signal, right, it is Bryce Young. I don't think they'd be doing it for C.J. Stroud. Uh, definitely not Anthony Richardson. I would say definitely not Will Levis. That is for sure. Uh, I Yeah, I, I'm with you there. And I think also you're all right. When it comes to right now, leaving the door open for everybody. Again, we just talked about it to start the show. Shane Steichen has been in the job for what, three weeks? And for the most part now, the first, major, you know, the majority of those three weeks has been hiring a coaching staff. Mm -hmm. So he's barely been able so far to dig in on the quarterbacks, especially. So right, it, it's malpractice at this point to, to rule out any quarterback just because your head coach of that who's going to be working directly with the quarterback, the head coach that you basically directly hired to work with and develop a young quarterback, let him make his own judgments first before you say, uh, Shane, you know what? I seen Anthony Richardson too up and down. We, you know, not for us. We're going to cross off the list or, or Bryce Young too small cross off the list. It's one of those things where, like I said, you have to have an open process. You got to find the guy for you. And in order to find the perfect guy, you have to look at each one individually and, and be open to each one individually and picture, can they be in our offense going forward here? And that's how you start to whittle down the differences and what separates one quarterback from another. And that's how you ultimately get to your final answer. Of, this is our guy. This is, the guy that we have to find. I will find it funny, which I, I do find it funny, um, at least from a national media perspective, looking at um, yesterday, how people reacted to Chris Bauer's press conference, that a lot of people did have a main takeaway being Chris Bauer's not going to trade up. The, the Colts are not trading up to number one. They don't like anyone in this draft. I, I would say so far, that's that's PR 101 from Chris Bauer. And I, as someone who wants them to trade up, who thinks they will trade up, I, that was actually the perfect message. I'm glad that was coming out because I think the last thing you want to do is spew desperation, or I should say, I guess, reek desperation. That's how you screw yourself. I think that's really for almost any team that has been desperate for, whether it's a head coach or a quarterback or a certain player, it's always really worked to their detriment because teams have taken advantage of that desperation. I think that's, to me so far, at least if you want to say the overarching theme coming out of, at least nationally, if you look at a national, you know, 10,000 foot view of the scouting combine in the last two days, that is the exact narrative I would like the Colts to be in right now compared to, them being, they're all in. They're definitely going to trade. And then all you do is just make the Bears' life better. And you have the Texans licking their chops about moving up as well. I, you know, it was interesting because some of the first headlines I saw yesterday were, you know, Ballard says Colts won't move up. And I'm like, it's not what he said. He said that they're not doing it right now. And that's why, like I said, I go back and forth. When I left the building yesterday, I thought it's more likely that they're moving up, you know, just because of he's open to it. And I still feel that way, but I also feel like, I don't know, there's there's some things that he said that make me think that maybe they'll stay, that they think they can get their guy. Uh, but again, I, it goes back to what I said just a couple of minutes ago. I, I think all options are on the table right now, all options. And you're absolutely right. There was zero chance he was going to walk into that room yesterday and say, we are trading up to number one unless the deal was done. Right. You know I mean, there's there's no way he's going to walk in there and say that uh, and, and hand that kind of gift to the Bears. So they can then just start asking for, you know, everything uh, that they could possibly dream of in a deal. Um, I don't know. I, I guess ultimately the reason I think that I'm I'm more 
in the it might not happen camp right now is that I don't know at this point that I feel like there's somebody there that he's going to want to give up everything you're going to have to give up. It's going to be a costly move. We all know that. It's going to be a very costly move. Uh, that's just the way it is. You go up to one, you're going to give up something that hurts. You don't get up there uh, on the cheap. And and I'm not sure that they're sold yet on a quarterback. Well, he said they're not sold yet on a quarterback to get there. Doesn't mean they won't be by the time this process is over. And I think that's an important element that's being left out of, of a lot of these reports right now. Right. This is just the beginning. Uh, you're going to have your first in-person meetings with these quarterbacks. So you finally get kind of the first uh, feel of who they are, what kind of person they are, what kind of quarterback they can be. Uh, this is just the beginning of the process. This is not the end. This is not halftime. So like I said, there's going to be a lot of pro days. Uh, a lot of, you know, individual visits, personal, private meetings as well. So there's going to be a lot of homework done, especially on these four quarterbacks here the next two months before we finally get a decision. So I, I'm with you. Right now, Chris Bauer cannot have a guy number one. That's fine. That's that's no problem at all. And honestly, maybe that's even the better way to do so because kind of like when you when he went through the head coaching search a few, uh, at this point, a few months ago, um, <laughs> don't go in there biased. Like, I, that's the one thing. Like, I like Bryce Young, you like Bryce Young. But the thing is, for Chris Ballard, is you want to get it right. You can't go in there with one guy and basically see what you want to see because the last time he did that was Josh Daniels, and that absolutely failed. Failed. Right. So if you're a Chris Ballard, learn from that. I think he did a great job in the head coaching search. Obviously, we'll see what Shane Sykin is as a head coach, but so far from what I've from what I've heard, his philosophy, I like uh, the hiring a lot. I think this fits what the Colts really need. So you went in there with open mind, and I think got the best guy for the specific job for where the Colts are right now. And I think going forward, you have to use that same logic, same philosophy in drafting a quarterback for where this team is right now and pick a guy that fits your team and what what Shane Sykin could do and get the most out of that quarterback as well. I also love the fact that both Sykin and Bauer basically said the quarterback is going to be the offense. Like Shane Sykin's system is not going to, you know, the quarterback's not going to fit into what Shane Sykin wants to do. He's going to build an offense around that specific quarterback. That is the way to do it. That's how you win in the NFL. And again, it's another kind of feather in the cap going forward of this process so far where I have no complaints. I think they're doing it um, so far. Great day, obviously a long way to go, but I do like what we've heard so far. Let's wrap up with this, George, play a little game. Bryce Young will weigh in on Saturday. I believe Saturday morning is the, the big weigh in. Now I saw Jonathan Jones of CBS sports talk to a few um, execs, a few agents, a few, uh, you know, sources we'll say. And they said that there is some concern or some thought that Bryce Young will be under 200 pounds, and he weighs in on Saturday. Do you have a guess? Do you want to guess a weight of what Bryce Young will be uh, stepping on the scale, what the number is going to be come Saturday morning? Now, I hope for his sake it's 201 because I know that that's really the big <laughs> that's really the big the big talk around here is that you know he might be under 200 pounds and that's what makes this a historic outlier. It's not the height. You know, I know a lot of people are saying, oh, he's 5'10", he's 5'10 and a quarter, whatever he's going to come in there. They that part they can deal with. There have been guys under six foot, even just the last few years that have come in and, and played well enough. I don't think the league's worried about that so much as they are right now. The weight, you know, and can he take that pounding? Like that's ultimately what's you're going to have to be really comfortable with that if you're going to trade up to number one. Uh, I think that's going to be the big determining factor for him, even for any team, not just the Colts. Any team trading up to number one is going to have to to feel really good with that. Um, so, you know, we joked before, like drink a lot of sweet tea, get yourself, you know, as, as heavy as you can be, bring as much water weight into that. Hold in that pee. Possibly can. Don't be peeing um, anytime soon. From what I hear, I'm, I think it's to be around 190 to 195. I mean, if it's, wow. if, if the numbers in Alabama are anything to go by, 
Uh, and there are people that said that, you know, his playing weight was, was maybe closer to 175 this year. Um, so, I mean, he, the, the size concerns are legitimate. That's definitely a big part of this process. And it's why right now I'm not leaning towards saying the Colts are going to trade up. Uh, doesn't mean, you know, maybe Saturday morning that changes. We'll see how that goes. All right. So I'll put you down for what? 195. Is that your, your official guess? 195. I'm going to go 204. <laughs> I'm going to say yeah. 204 because I think at this point, two things. Number one, or really one thing, the, the, the weight's been the biggest discussion. So you would assume, I, I would assume, that one of the, the areas Bryce Young's trainers are working in the most is, all right, how can we get some meaningful weight on him here? And how can we, you know, at least when he goes to Indianapolis, it's not a shock of, like I said, 185. Everyone's like, oh my God, this is what, this is absurd. Get him out of here. I think that's one of the areas they'd be focusing on is like, again, good way. We're not talking about just fat and just yeah. eating in and out burgers three times a day, you know, every day here to just get any not my diet. On you. <laughs> not my diet of Doritos last night at like 1 a.m. That's for sure. <laughs> but get some muscle on them. Now, I don't know if this is transferable or not, but I saw Zay Flowers of Boston College. Obviously, oh this is circulating gosh, yeah. social media. He like basically, I think it was right after the season ended. And like now this week going to the combine, he added 13 pounds of muscle. His body just looks insanely yeah. it's almost night and day for what has been what six weeks or so two months of, of training so if you can do that Bryce Young and they could also add a, a good amount of poundage as well so I'll say 204 because it's funny like it's almost kind of like when you're underage and it's like people ask your age if you're at a bar and you get in there illegally it's like how old are you you right. never say 21 because that's a dead giveaway it's 22 so right. I don't think he's going to be right at 200 because that's just one of those dead giveaways I'll say he'll get a little bit over just to kind of leave no doubt that's why I'll go 204 uh official weigh-in but boy, it's going to be, I would love to know what, I don't know. Do they, you, you know, better than me. Do they have the, the way invisible or no? No. Oh, I, was gonna say, I mean, I would... they're like the teams. will. I mean, they're down there, but not, it's nobody, you know, who's not working directly for an NFL, uh, you know, affiliation. Uh, we'll, we'll be down there watching that, but it's going to be the most anticipated way in uh, there'll probably be footage of it on NFL network. Once it's done. I mean, it's, it's going to be that big of a deal. It'll be it'll be really interesting to see. You know, I think if you look at that Zay Zay Flowers situation, like that looked like those old Charles Charles Atlas ads. I mean, yeah. really, like from before and after. Um, and you got to figure that maybe not that same regiment, but that you know, if if the people that Bryce Young's training with are worth their salt at all, that's been the focus since the season ended. Yes, absolutely. I was joking before. I'd love to know the media scrum surrounding that scale and just see like an overhead view, just how deep it is just to see Bryce Young weigh in and what that scale does say. And I'd love to hear if there's like an audible, if it's like 185 though, the gas <laughs> or even like 204. I can't believe he's, he's heavier than we thought. It, you're right. This might be the most anticipated weigh in maybe in NFL combine history. I can't, at least for the life of me recently, think of a quarterback where we dissected their weight more than anything else. Hand size has been a big deal. Um, recently we've seen, you know, height discussed with Russell Wilson and Baker Mayfield, but really even with those quarterbacks, it's never been about weight and how much they actually, their, their frame is. It's always just been about the height. This is going to be boy, boy, oh boy, that scale is going to be the most, uh, interesting, uh, Wayne was saying we will see, uh, I, we'll see in a while. I'm looking forward to seeing him in person tomorrow morning. You know, it'll be the first time that I've actually like stood near him and, and get to see, you know, what he actually looks like in person because, that's a big part of this too. You know, I think a lot of times with these guys, you, you go in with one opinion and then they get in the room. I remember the first time I saw Andrew Luck, I was like, he's a tight end. You know, he's <laughs> unbelievably huge. Um, 
it'll be interesting to see how that how that goes tomorrow. I think it's one of the more you know, there's a lot of reasons to be excited about tomorrow. All the quarterbacks are going to talk. Uh, it's going to be a really, really big day here at, at the Combine. Um, but for me, one of the biggest things is, you know, standing somewhere near him as close as I can get uh, and just, you know, judging for myself. How small is he really? How tall are you, George? About 5'8". Okay. So that's, I think it's a good size measurement. I, I, I would be shocked if he's anywhere near, you know, if you guys are looking at eye yeah. level, maybe we're in That's not somewhere. good. That yeah. is not good whatsoever. That's okay. That's so we can get. Hopefully, you're looking. You know, your neck's gonna be looking up. Maybe five mm-hmm. eleven. Can we get to six foot? Maybe, but that's gonna be a yeah. Size about. Let's see how you know you can kind of compare. And that's definitely gonna be yeah. Looking forward to Friday. That's for sure. Um, speaking of Friday, Georgia, like you said, just mentioned you'll be on the scene there. So make sure now is better than ever. Wherever you're listening, whether you're watching on YouTube, Blue Horseshoe Pod, whether you're listening to us wherever you get your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, uh, Amazon, Google, we're all there. Make sure you like and subscribe to the Blue Horseshoe Pod. Again, if you, especially if you're listening on podcasts. We have the same name as our old feed or our old podcast name, but different feed. So it's very important. Look for the blue logo, the blue Blue Horseshoe Pod logo. That is where all new episodes going forward will be found. So make sure you subscribe to that. And you can make sure you get all our content, especially tomorrow. And we put uh, put out a lot of stuff, George, especially George, on scene. How does Bryce Young look? We'll get, obviously, some of his answers. Uh, we'll get the much-anticipated weigh-in for sure as well on Saturday. So we got a lot of content coming your way, especially the next few days when it comes to the quarterbacks, which obviously everyone in Indy and outside of Indy, if you're a Colts fan uh, outside of the uh, state, at least like I am, We'll be watching intently the next two days here to hear and see what Bryce Young does look like, even though he's not going to be thrown at the combine. Still a lot uh, questions to answer. So better now, uh, better, no better time, I should say, than right now to download, uh, subscribe on YouTube, uh, on wherever you get your podcasts, and also subscribe on YouTube, the Blue Horseshoe Pod. And also, if you have any questions, you want myself or George to answer, especially George on the scene. So any combine questions you want uh, George, especially to answer, email us. Blue Horseshoe Pod at gmail.com. Very simple. Blue Horseshoe Pod at gmail.com. We will get to your questions uh, as well. So that's where you can email us, reach out, and send any question you have uh, our way as well. So, George, it is so it's Thursday. So it's defensive lineman and linebackers day. Um, normally, you know, that's a that's a day that Chris Bauer loves, you know, him with the interior, but I think this year is a little different. These next two days, Friday and Saturday, are gonna be. Oh, they are going to be big ones, big ones to help shape the next five years. That's for sure. No doubt about it. These interviews uh, this week, I think are are the most important things going on. We've talked about that a lot this week uh, on the pod. And and I think that's, you could almost throw everything else out the window. These interviews and, and Bryce Young's weigh in, probably the most important things going on this week. Cause you know, I, one thing I think everyone can agree from listening to Stike and, and, and Ballard yesterday, that whiteboard is going to play a big role in this process as well. Oh, it is. And like you said, we, we talked about it on Tuesday's pod. The most important aspect of the scouting combine for the Colts, I guess one instance we'll see is going to be the way in for Bryce Young. But it's also, like you said, going to be those 15-minute meetings with each of the quarterbacks. It's the one area we will not know, but it's not going to be on video. We're probably not going to hear much from any of the teams on how it went, good or bad. But those 15 minutes, at least to start, are going to be easily, I think, the most important aspect of this entire scouting combine for the Colts when it comes to figuring out your quarterback uh, going forward as well. So a, a very busy week here. It's really kind of getting going. Now is when the fun starts. Now we got the quarterbacks talking, working out, getting their measurements. So make sure you stay tuned again to the Blue Horseshoe Pod on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. We have a lot of content coming your way here the next few days. So we appreciate you listening. We appreciate you watching and subscribing. 
And we'll talk to you. We'll definitely be back on Friday with some instant reaction to Bryce Young's comments as well. So make sure uh, you're downloading and watching. We'll talk to you on Friday right here on the Blue Horseshoe Pod.